Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've had a great week. Honestly, I wasn't even planning on doing the session this week. As I shared last week, my hope was to get the Burke Hedges seminar and some of the other archives I have of different trainings to my podcast producer. That was my hope, but honestly, I've just been so busy, I, I was never able to do that. So here's some random thoughts for this week to kick off this session uh, some of you know we are having challenges with our momsuccess.com website. Uh, we're working on that. Uh, you can still a- access the podcast through Podbean, and hopefully we will have the website back to normal very soon. I had seven other websites that got hacked this week, which is always a lot of fun trying to get them back online and functional. Uh, I've been in negotiations trying to get a couple of web properties sold with ADD people that are asking questions that are clearly in the listing if they would just take the time to read. Um, on a positive note, iHub Meadow with the loop player is exploding. Uh, this opportunity, I've said it, I'll say it again, provides more ups, upside income potential than anything I've seen in 40 years. But, of course, for some reasons, many entrepreneurs can't distinguish real opportunity from – and they act like they're getting ready to invest in a blockbuster video franchise or something. I, I don't know. It's, it's ridiculous, but it's very positive. It's very upbeat. Uh, many of you probably saw the inflationary numbers released this week are the highest – in 40 years, even though some politicians try to tell us that we're not in, we're, we have no inflation, uh, it cost me $70 this week to fill up my car. And it doesn't have, it's just a little Porsche. It doesn't have a big gas tank, 70 bucks. And, and normally, you know, this type of situation would bring out the entrepreneurial gene uh, in people, but instead it seems like most people are paralyzed with the disruption we've seen over the last couple of years, which in many ways is understandable, but in many ways it means, guys, you really got to focus now and figure out what the heck's going on, where the world economy's going, and what you're going to do in this new world as it evolves, the new normal, as we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, if, if you've gone to the grocery store, you know inflation is definitely full-blown. It's in a full-blown state. Uh, the crypto markets keep trading sideways, and I keep buying on the dip uh, as the pundits and the banks and the politicians try to regulate, and they're really just trying to gain control. Uh, there was a great TED Talk kind of video last week from the Heritage Foundation. Uh, they held this event. Uh, it's a must see. If, if you're a crypto enthusiast, if you're in the crypto market, if you're, if you're in the self education mode in the crypto market right now, this is a video again from the Heritage Foundation that you must see. It's over at cmgcrypto.com. I'll put the link in the description. Uh, it was really, really good. Very insightful. Um, I have absolutely hit a virtual gold mine. Gold mine in the sports card niche that enables us to turn forty a $40 investment into about $1,000 with less than five hours of work. 
But with everything going on with IHUBMEDA, we don't even have time to do that because I guess, you know, I just understand the difference between linear income, even though turning $40 into 1000 in less than five hours is always going to be good. But I understand the difference between linear income and passive residual income. Uh, a network marketing company that many of us are aware of is in it, and we all know is in a state of dissipation without question. People are leaving. Uh, leaders are leading, leading, leaving, unfortunately. Uh, but anyway, it was ranked number five in the world for momentum, uh, this past week or so, which, which is just an indication of the state of the network marketing business model in general. Consumable product network marketing companies have run their course. They're done. Uh, politicians are treating people like idiots trying to distract Americans from the real issues and get everybody thinking about how bad guns are or uh, watching their Hollywood production uh, regarding the events of January 6th, calling it a hearing instead of what it really is, which is a one-sided, politically driven commercial. Uh, you know, according to fact, factcheck.org, uh, Cortez in a post or a tweet back a few months ago said uh, the Capitol riot was a terror attack, which she also said resulted in almost 10 dead. I'm just wondering how you can almost have, almost have 10 dead people. And again, it's just almost 10 dead. She called, for Congress people who helped the plot to be expelled. And then, of course, journalist Glenn Grinwald uh, commented right after that on Twitter here a couple of weeks ago. He said, almost 10 dead from the January 6th riot is deceitful in the extreme. Actually, four people died and all of them were Trump supporters. None of these buffoons even mention, and this is from Dale, okay, this is not from Glenn Grinwald, but none of these buffoons ever mention anything about what all of us, all Americans witnessed with our own eyes over the summer and the 18 deaths to police officers and citizens and countless number of injuries and nearly two billion dollars in property damage done to businesses and homes in the summer riots of 2020 it's like they don't even they don't even talk about it it's it's just it's just mind numbing uh i'm almost done but a couple of things just to kind of blow off here on average global internet users according to a new study waste 2 hours and 27 minutes on social media per day though trends differ widely by country. People in the USA waste much more time than even the two hours and 27 minutes that's the average globally. Uh, last month, Amazon hosted dozens of Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube uh, uh, influencers at a real glitzy Mexican resort 
And what Amazon's trying to do is, is entice social media creators to join its influencer program because they know we live in a world where people don't have the ability to look at facts and come to their own conclusions. They prove that through their uh, rating system for different products. It's like if, if seven, if it doesn't have been 17 positive reviews, then I, I no matter how bad I need it, I'm not going to order it. You know, sheep follow sheep to the slaughterhouse, and that has never been clearer, never been clearer than it is today at this point in history. Entrepreneurs who have had some level of success in the past are trying to flex their past success. You see it everywhere. Instead of finding new opportunities to get their juices going and run. Most got lucky one time. They know that, and they just don't want anybody else to find out. So, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As the tale of two cities expressed in my ninth grade cliff notes, it is the best of times and it is the worst of times. And if you haven't guessed it by now, this session is going to be a brain dump. I'm simply calling it personal development means nothing if it doesn't lead to personal progress. To thy own self be true. Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. It was probably 20, 25 years ago in Upline Magazine. Upline Magazine, many of you have heard of, was the... the uh, foundation for network marketing back in the day and one of the writers called me to do a feature story on me it was called 18 years without a paycheck it was basically the story of my entrepreneurial journey up to that point you know i'm sure you can find it somewhere online if anybody's interested but i I do remember one thing about that interview because the lady pulled something out of me that i'd really never said i'd really never thought about But in her question, she kind of pulled this out. And the statement was, I see people better than they are. And in so doing, some of them become that which I believe them to be. And that was a pretty elegant statement for me at the time. And even now, (laughs) as I tend to fumble over my words, but I see people better than they are. And in so doing, some of them become that which I believe them to be. And I've realized that this has always kind of been in my DNA. It's not something that I developed. It was something that was just there my entire life. It's a blessing or a curse I got from my mom, and I guess that depends on how I really want to look at it. But I knew the path that I had traveled to that point when that article was done. You know, I have never forgotten about the 20-year-old snot-nosed kid living in a 600-square-foot house and driving a beat-up Chevette, and I never will. 
uh, I understood at that time when that interview was done, the impact, the wisdom of the ages teachers like Jim Rohn and Les Brown and Jim Burke and Glenn Turner and Zig and many others had had on my life. And I've always known, always, and always believed, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's worth it. That DNA trait of seeing others better than they they were served me well uh, early in my career when common sense was still in the world. As common sense started to diminish, it still served me well in uh, in a world where wisdom of the ages and personal development students uh, hung out. Uh, like most of the people listening to this podcast, I would consider most of you personal development, business, wisdom of the ages students. There's not a more pathetic human being on the planet, in my opinion, than someone who landed at the top of the mountain, got lucky once, really didn't have a clue how they landed there. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'd rather be lucky than good, but not Dale, I, not me. I mean, I want to be able to look at, at the person staring me back in the mirror and know that I did the best I could with what I had to work with. When this journey's over, I want no wistful regret. I don't want any part of any kind of wistful regret. I want to know in my soul that I didn't cheat myself or the people I work with, and I left it all out on the field. In my business relationships, my family relationships, with my friends, I want to know that I did the very best I could with what I had. And I think many people instinctively inside them, that's what they want to feel. I believe that. But how do you get to that point? How do you get in such a flow with your business and your life that when it's all said and done, there is no wistful regret? Because the nursing homes of the world are filled with people that that spend every day thinking, if only I had, I wish I had. I don't want to be one of those people. Honestly, it's hard for me to function in the real world, and it has been for years. It just is. And it's a lot harder than most people could even comprehend. It is for me. Uh, I'm just flabbergasted by the amount of drama and self-centeredness lack of confidence and trying to act like something they're not that with people that revolves around me everywhere I look every day in the real world. So I'm going to talk about real world. I'm going to talk about personal development world. I'm going to talk about the entrepreneurial world. But the real world is something I've never functioned in very well, and especially in the last few years. And I mean – I can't go into the market. I can't go into the real world and not see it everywhere I look. I wish I could, but the lack of authenticity is emotionally overwhelming to me. It gets to me in a, in a weird way. And, and I know most people don't see it or pay too much attention to it, but it's emotionally draining for me. And it shouldn't be, but it just daggone it, it is. And it always has been. It's it's built into me. I remember when road rage wasn't even a term anybody had ever heard of or knew anything about before. That's all happened in the last, you know, several years. And, you know, for me, other than hospitals and doctor's offices, there's no place I am more uncomfortable than airports. 
If and and I don't mind flying. I don't mind flying at all. I'm not afraid to fly at all. If airports aren't proof that people think the whole world revolves around them, no place is. And no place is. And I know some of our podcast listeners work in the airline industry and deal with those quote unquote customers on a daily basis. Uh, you guys are saints. You are saints. And, and for me, I've always had the ability to give people the benefit of the doubt once. I always have done that. If the situation happens again, I will cut off communication with them for life. You know, I've had people that have been friends of mine for many, many years that today I'm not going to answer their call. I don't want to talk to them. And I have no desire to ever speak with them again the rest of my life. I mean, fool me once, it's on you. Fool me twice, it's on me. It's on me. And as far as the general public is concerned, I can't go out in public without thinking, sir, sir, what do you think she can do about it? You know, it happened yesterday when I was filling up my tank with my $70 in gasoline, and the guy in front of me was just belittling, just belittling, just grinding on this girl behind the counter, this young girl, because it was Friday, and they were sold out of his brand of beer. And I'm thinking... Did he really think it was the clerk's fault? Is it really this young lady's fault? I mean, what was she supposed to do about it, Billy Bob? Is <laughs> what I wanted to say. I mean, the the only way I've been able to function in the real world over the years is just to remind myself. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people are just having a bad day. So I've told them they're just having a bad day. They're just having a bad day. You know, Zig talked about it in his kick the cat kick the cat story you may have heard that some of you that'll you'll remember hearing that story and if you don't own zigs see you at the top out audios see you at the top i highly recommend them if i can find a link for you i'll put that in the description uh but if and when people want to direct their hostilities towards me i just look at them right in the eye and i was i say it Almost every time I go in public, it seems like. But I just look at them right in the eye and I say, you know, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. And that usually makes them stop a little bit and think. I'm just sorry you're having a bad day. Or in the case of the girl behind the counter yesterday, uh, when I walked up to pay for my bag of Skittles, <laughs> I told her, I said, look, you didn't deserve that. He's just having a bad day. I try to be aware and try to speak positive into people that need it when they need it, especially in restaurants If or any situation where I get particularly good service. I try to make sure I recognize that. Uh, the other thing I have to remind myself over the, remind myself over and over over the years is, is if you don't know the environment that that person grew up in that created that human being that has such low self-esteem, which is what it all stems from, usually, uh, you know, then try not to judge because we all are who we are based upon the three factors I've talked about many, many times. But the environment in which we were raised, the authority figures in our life, our parents, and then the actual Location, you know, uh, I could be raised in Kentucky, you know, 
were were heaven's a local phone call from the state of Kentucky, or I could have been, you know, raised in the Bronx in New York, or I could have been raised, uh, you know, anywhere else in any country around the world, and where you're born and raised plays a role in how you perceive the world and the people around you. It just does. So that plus authority figures and parents – and I don't know what, what kind of environment some people are raised in, so I try to give people the benefit of the, of the doubt. But I also have learned at some point we all have to learn how to take back our, our power and not let the activities of the day just yank us around emotionally. That's why I've, I've got these little things that I do just to help me function, like they're having a bad day, they're having a bad day, you know. They're having a bad day. Look at people. I'm sorry you're having a bad day. I'm sorry they had a bad day. I have to do that to be able to function. And and whatever you need to do to help you function, you have to figure that out. It's on you. It's on me. I can, you know, we can all let our emotions yank us around every day if we want to. I mean, I believe at some point in all of our lives, we're confronted with the take responsibility or don't crossroads. All of us different people. And it's real evident to me when I look at somebody over 30 years old, uh, a lot of times you just realize in my mind, it's like, hey, they never they never took responsibility. And there's people like that. They just never took responsibility. For me personally, it was after Brittany, my oldest daughter, was born. Uh, I can remember that time in my life very well. And I made the decision, you know, Dale, it's time to grow up. It's time to take responsibility. You've got this beautiful little girl here to take care of, and you got to make some changes. And I remember about that time is uh, I heard a sermon that was based upon First uh, Corinthians thirteen eleven. You know, the verse. Uh, um, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reason like a child when I became a man, I put away I put the ways of childhood behind me. When I was a child, I talked like a child, thought like a child, reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. And I think everybody has to come to that conclusion at some point. Some people do, some people don't. I believe deciding to grow up and accept responsibility is a distinct decision in people's lives that many never make. Many never make that decision, or they do make it, but they make the wrong decision. You know, and I think as a parent, one of the most important lessons we can teach our kids is personal responsibility. I remember back in the day early with my all three of my girls, and during the wintertime they would come home, and the first thing they would do is throw off take off their coats and throw them in the floor in the in the the uh the living room when they came in and i would have to tell them every day girls pick up your coat hang up your coat pick up your coat hang up your coat pick up your coat hang up your coat and this went on for a little bit and they would do it for a day or two and then they would be right back in the habit and not taking responsibility and it's like so i one day they came in and they went through the whole rigmarole uh, of throwing their coats wherever they landed in the den. And 
I remember coming upstairs. I was working. My office was downstairs at the time. I came upstairs. There's their coats. And it was like bitterly cold. It was in the teens in Kentucky, snow on the ground. I picked up all three coats and their toboggans and their hats and their gloves. I took all three. I made a big pile right in the middle of the front yard. Just piled them up in the front yard. And the next morning, they're like, Daddy, where's our coats? Where's our hats? We don't have any coats. And I said, look outside. And there they were, and they were all frozen stiff. I mean, they couldn't even get them on. They were frozen stiff. They We had to put them in the dryer and get them to where they could even put them on. But it's like, you know what? They didn't, they didn't, they never threw their coats around ever again. Sometimes you have to interrupt people's patterns and we have to learn how to interrupt our own patterns. And again, as, as, as parents, I think one of the most important things you can teach children is personal responsibility. But we live in a world today where people became irresponsible. They raised irresponsible kids who then had their own kids and raised more irresponsible kids. So irresponsibility has duplicated over the years. So I look at life as two worlds, the real world and the world of personal development, personal growth, and entrepreneurism. I'm not even sure if entrepreneurism is a word. If it's not, it should be, but hopefully you understand what I'm saying. And those that are, that are, you know, entrepreneurs, people that are working hard, trying to do better and progress, progress in all areas of life, not just financially. But in the seven key areas of life that we speak about a lot in this podcast. So I've shared some thoughts on the real world. Now let's talk about personal development and the entrepreneurial world. It's shocking to me how many in the entrepreneurial world, uh, it's shocking how the entrepreneurial world, which I always felt had a deep connection with the personal development world has now developed a disconnect. I'm going to say that again because this is an important concept to understand, especially if you're a team builder. And that is, and especially if you're listening to entrepreneurs, okay? Because for me, the entrepreneurial world always had a very deep connection with the personal development world, but today it has a real distinct disconnect. As a entrepreneur and team builder, I feel this is real important for all of us to understand. I mean, I'm sure many of you, like me, have felt that the entrepreneurial world and the personal development world work together hand in hand. And I've had a very recent paradigm shift where I realized, hey, this is no longer true. I mean, I've seen this disconnect gradually happen over the years, and it's it's in every entrepreneurial niche, every niche, every business model, even the network marketing niche, which in the past, in my opinion, has had the closest connect connection to the personal development world. This you know, mentality that I can say anything to anybody, lie to whomever I want, because anything that creates a sale is good marketing. It kind of blows my mind that people really accept that and believe that. 
And that's how they approach things. So I understand all the skepticism around any type of entrepreneurial endeavor. And I don't blame people for being skeptical but because they've been lied to for years. And, you know, it started in network marketing with the traction marketing crowd back around 2000. And then it just happened real quick, real quick. Uh, some of you may recall that that was about the time I wrote the book, The Seven Lies of Attraction Marketing in MLM. Uh, and I think it's still available on Barnes and Noble. I'll look and see if it is. If it is, I'll put the link in the description. If anybody, uh, any of you want to pick that up, but it's more applicable today than it was when I wrote it way back then. The Seven Lies of Attraction Marketing and MLM. And then, you know, a few years later, you had Higdon and all the other self-proclaimed gurus telling everybody, if you want to be perceived to be a network marketing professional, you must have a blog and be writing your blog post daily so they could attract affiliate commissions from newbies who simply didn't even know any better or other gullible people in network marketing who were never taught to look behind the curtain and ask, who are these people and why should I be listening to them anyway? And again, I've talked about this too much on this podcast, but it still, it just blows my mind that in the ad copy, it said, if you want to be perceived to be a network marketing professional, blah, 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 blah. And it's like perceived to be, are you kidding me? Let's talk about becoming one. Let's talk about doing the work, walking the walk, talking the talk, doing the work, creating the results. Let's don't talk if you want to be perceived to be. It's like you don't have a chance in, 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 in the world of ever becoming a network marketing professional. So let's just show you how you can perceive to be a network marketing professional. It blew my mind, guys. It just blew my mind. It still blows my mind. But it's like, is that the state of, of the world in which we live? Which it obviously is. Uh, so, you know, that was followed up by them telling people that, you know, they have to do Facebook lives twice a day. You got to be on YouTube. Now it's TikTok. You have to understand there's a huge group of self-proclaimed gurus in every niche, not just network marketing, whose only purpose is to tell the market what they want to hear so they can sell them whatever course they want to sell them that month. And yes, there are some awesome, honest, value focus, value focus, trainers and teachers in every niche. But you have to be able to look behind the curtain. It's your responsibility to look behind the curtain. Look at their track record and find out who that person is in any particular niche that you're involved with. It's your responsibility to seek them out and to be able to recognize truth. Recognize truth. And as I've said a thousand times, you know, on this podcast, always ask yourself, who is this person? Why should I be listening to them? I can remember about five years ago, I was at an event, maybe longer than that now. It was in Miami. And the guy on stage was getting everybody all hot and lathered up and yelling and screaming and telling them that he was going to teach them how to make a hundred thousand dollars a year as a professional speaker. And, uh, this guy is the best of the best uh, when it comes to manipulating people <laughs> in front of a room. He really was. But, 
you and I both know some of the worst speakers on the planet are those that join Toastmasters and wake up one day and decide they want to be a professional speaker. I mean, it's just it's 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 worse than watching paint dry. But those that have life experiences and teach authentically from a personal experience level. Honestly, they're the only people I even care about listening to. Even if I totally disagree with them, I appreciate their perspective if they have experience on what they're talking about. But anyway, when this pitch was over, he had people running to the table to register for his boot camp. I mean running. He had both sides of the room. They had people taking applications for this boot camp. And, And I looked up. And some of the new people on our team who attended the event, who had no business attending a speaker's boot camp, were rushing to sign up at the table. And quite frankly, I was in such an an emotional, fragile stage, uh, state, emotionally fragile state at that point after listening to this BS for about 30 minutes. I didn't have the energy to even try to stop them. I, I I just didn't. And I see fighting from the front of the room. She was coming up through the crowd to the back back, uh, left corner where I was sitting. You know, she was just going against the grain, coming to the back corner was Kamisha Pitts. And I remember Kamisha coming up to me and she said, what do you think about this? Sounds like foo-foo dust to me. (laughs) That's exactly what she said. What do you think about this, Dale? Sounds like foo-foo dust to me. So most of my team, the newbies on our team, uh, were all trying to get their application in to go to this boot camp, but not commission. And she'd been with me for a while at that point. But I was never so proud of a team member than I was her. And she had, back then, and has the ability to look behind the curtain and see it for what it really was. And see, the right people crave authenticity. The right people do. You know, I was on, I used to try to get on a few webinars every week just to listen, just whatever, you know, any, any subject that I have an interest in. You know, I was on a bunch of Kindle uh, publishing webinars back in the day. And, and now it's like I get on a webinar and it's like, what are these people doing? I was on this one this week and it, it just was, it just made me cringe, but it's all about trying to get people Fired up and excited, and this was this this was like a business model that just made absolutely no sense at all. Can y'all see how this? We're going to make some. Can you see how you're going to make money doing that? And it's just how. Give me a ten in the chat box. Give me a four in the chat box. Do raise your hand. Do blah 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 blah. And it's like it's just unbearable to listen to, but it obviously works. Because people are sheep. It's amazing to me. It's just, it really is. It's sincerely amazing. It's, it's just amazing, but the right people crave authenticity. It, 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 you know, most people, the right people, real, real entrepreneurs, that are willing to learn, grow, expand their comfort zone, 
and that's the kind of the key right there is expand their comfort zone because most people don't. Most people are looking for the foo-foo dust. They're looking for the magic lamp and the genie pop out of the lamp and grant them three wishes. But real entrepreneurs, they just want people that will tell them the truth. You know, it's Jim Rohn programmed in my mind years ago probably because it fit naturally with my DNA. And that is you must love people enough to tell them what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you know that I'm involved right now with the number one wealth-generating program I've seen in 40 years. I mean, it's in pre-beta right now. Uh, you have to have an invitation. Uh, it's not open to the general public, but it's a new box, a new product offering with iHub Global. It's called a Loop TV box. And again, some of you have already contacted me to, for more information about that. But as I've said many times on this podcast, I don't just talk the talk, but I walk the walk. I always have, always will. I'm not going to expect people to do something I'm not willing to do. And they just published the leaderboard for this new customer acquisition, uh, the new customer acquisition for this program last week. And I was number 11 in the company out of about a million distributors. But honestly, what I'm the most proud of is number 10. Number 10 was Dan Parks from the Nashville area who's frontline to me. And that's for me is really what it's always been about, what it always will be about. I mean, I know our team is full of people who have worked hard, prepared, and are ready for an opportunity of this magnitude. I believe that. Uh, but back to my Thursday team Zoom, uh, I expressed to our team, look, it's time to put your big boy and big girl pants on and do what you have to do to psych yourself up and attack the market with the right mentality and use the proven scripts and training programs that we've provided because this is a real chance to set yourself up financially for life. And I mean it. And I told them, there's only three questions you need to ask yourself at the end of every week. Number one, how many businesses did I contact? Number two, how many decision makers saw the video? And number three, how many loot boxes were ordered? And that's how they're going to win this game. That's how our team will win this game, period, end of story. Nothing else matters except those three questions. You know, because a 100 boxes, a 100 boxes, not a hundred businesses because some businesses have five or 10 or 12 or 20 or 40 screens, but a hundred screens on a hundred boxes on a hundred screens will pay a, a team member $10,000 a month in passive income. No auto ship. It's free to join. And, and, you know, we have somebody in the company that's already done 120 screens 120 boxes their first two weeks i mean this is this is this is beta the program hasn't even really officially opened yet and they've secured twelve thousand dollars in passive income in two weeks in two weeks I, i don't know about you but i don't know anybody that has went out into the marketplace started from nothing and secured $12,000 in passive income in two weeks. So the network marketing profession 
is overrun with people that are pitching products and services that run their course or have no chance of ever getting off the ground. And why is that? Because they don't have the guts to pivot? I mean, you know, it's like, do you not have the guts to pivot? I mean, we're talking about, again, when I'm talking to people, and I'm talking to a lot of people right now, and it's like most of them I don't even want, honestly. Uh, but do they not have the guts to pivot or because they wouldn't be able to look at the facts and distinguish a real opportunity if it smacked them in the head like, well, like with a two-by-four? I mean, they, they don't they don't know the difference between real opportunity and fluff? I mean, I don't know. And at this point, I have no idea what holds people back. And I guess they've been hanging out in the social club so long that the thought of working is too scary for them. They would just rather hang out and chat in the social club. Sincerely, I don't know. Uh, And I'm drained to try to find the answers. And at this point, it just doesn't matter. Uh, Which brings me to my final point, I guess, on the subject I mean, I told our team, look, if you can build a team, if you can, if you can, don't build a team. Please don't build a team. Forget about building a team. It's not necessary. It will be more of a hassle than it's worth. And your time is better spent helping businesses create cash flow with the box, with the loot box. I mean, my gosh, a thousand screens, which is doable. Somebody did 120 in two weeks, so a thousand. And again, we haven't even gotten into a rhythm yet. We don't have all our scripts put together. We don't have all our systems and prospecting tools in place yet. So a thousand screens is possible in 12 months. In 12 months, zero to a thousand screens in 12 months, and that will pay you 1.2 million dollars a year in passive income. So why would you want the hassle of trying to deal with the downline? And, of course, you know, I will make more if they build a large team. But, you know, i got to see some deserving people capitalize quickly financially with this program. And it really is just like fishing in a barrel. Nothing to sell, just sharing with small business owners how to turn TV screens in their business to cash flow and the magic income generating boxes are free. So, again, daily, I see entrepreneurial spirited people promoting all kinds of programs that are dead or going nowhere. And I ask myself, why aren't they pivoting? I mean, last week I talked to somebody. She's been in the profession for 14 years and obviously has learned nothing. Learned nothing. I don't care if you're a member of Joe Blow Recruiter's monthly blah, blah, blah program or how many of his seminars you've been to. You haven't learned diddly, my dear. Uh, so anyway, she's learned nothing. And they just, she just joined Mel Luca. 14 years in network marks, she just joined Mel Luca. And I'm like, really? Haven't you heard that Mel Luca is the company where all network marketing social club members go to die? Who have you been listening to? And then she told me, and then that started to make sense a little bit. Why? But, you know, I ended the conversation as quickly as possible because, honestly, I don't want this person close to our team. 
I don't want them close to our team. Uh, recently, I sent this message to a friend who may be a former friend at this point. Uh, somebody's actually was featured on this podcast, but you know, for, for a few months or a few weeks, he was just running off, uh, about very negative about life and everything. And I made a couple of calls because I was really concerned. Uh, just seemed like he had a real self-defeating attitude. Uh, and I made a couple of phone calls, and, and it's like he didn't want to talk. It just felt like he was in a bad, dark place. So I thought, well, maybe I just need to let him stay there. And for me, sometimes it's hard for me to distinguish who I can help and who I can't. And I am one that will overstep my boundaries and can come across as being very offensive even though I really sincerely never intend to offend anyone. But I'm not scared to speak my mind and give my opinion. But again, I can come across the wrong way, and I realize that. I don't really realize it, or I wouldn't do it, but I know that I do. And I don't want to overstep my boundaries, so I just, I'm going to leave this guy alone. And then... A, a few days later, you know, I see this post and he says, let me know if you want to learn how to be a brand partner and make extra income showcasing our incredible products through social media. That was his post. And a couple of days before that, he was posting about how uh He'd lost his hustle. He had no ambition left and so on and so forth. And I'm thinking to myself when I'm reading that, I mean, this guy's a network marketing leader and he's talking about, I've lost my hustle, don't have any ambition left. And I'm thinking, who would ever follow somebody like that? I mean, that's my, would an, would an, would an authentic person who has some juice and some ambition, would they want to follow a leader that says they've lost their hustle? So I'm watching all this, and it's like, you know, I really like this guy. Uh, but then he comes up with this, let me show you, let me know if you want to learn how to be a brand partner and make extra income, show, showcase incredible products through social media. And see, I know for a fact that probably a year ago, this guy had mailed out over 30 or 40 boxes of the product he's talking about. And from those 30 to 40 boxes, I asked him how many of them became customers. It was zero. Okay. And I also know that you can't expect somebody to spend that kind of money mailing out full boxes of product that cost any wholesale anywhere from $25 to $70, $80. You just can't do that. So then he turns around and, and again, puts that post out, and I just sent him a message, and I said, the reason you've lost your hustle, and, and this is this, some of you need to think about this, because I know it's applicable to some people that are listening to this podcast, and the reason people lose their hustle, and, and I told him, the reason you've lost your hustle is because you're posting crap like this, and I 
showed, you know, I copied and pasted his post. Let me know if you want to learn how to be a brand partner and make extra income showcasing incredible products through social media. And then I said, which is a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. And then I'm saying, I'm just treating you like I would a relative. Have a good weekend. And that was the last time I've talked to him. But, you know, he's pro- promoting a program that has no track record of success because it's in a dying MLM niche. And the dying MLM niche is any consumable product, but especially health and wellness. And I'm sorry, I realize many of you listening to this session are in the health and wellness niche. I get that. Uh, and I'm sorry that you had to hear that. But as I said earlier, you know, I overstep my boundaries and come across offensive. And But believe it or not, I'm just trying to help you because your time is the most valuable asset that you have. And if you're in the marketplace talking about health and wellness, the 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 potential customers here, blah, 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 blah. They've heard it 10,000 times. They cannot distinguish your product from anybody else out there, and they just simply don't want to hear it. And, and and if the market doesn't want to hear it, it doesn't matter how great your product is. It's just not going to – it's not going to – it's not going to happen. So uh, I can promise all of you listen to this, this thing for sure. Uh, unless the product is a phenomenal weight loss product with documented results, I will never be promoting a health and wellness product again. I'm not. I mean, I know the best opportunity with most upside potential in that niche, and it is APL Go. But I also know that the market doesn't have the ability to hear it, and it just doesn't care. No matter what health and wellness product you promote, it's blah, 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 blah. It's like a Charlie Brown episode in your potential customers' minds. They're not going to hear it. It's dead, it's over, it's ran its course. And I hate to say that. I sincerely do. I mean, you might have a short run, you know, and once the leaders get their people who get their people who get their people who get the few that they know who, and then you get to where nobody has, knows anybody and the whole thing dies. It, and uh, And how many times do we have to watch this happen over and over and over before we realize that's the only pattern and I think I talked about this last week, you know, where the last health and wellness program to get any type of momentum was probably Body by V or maybe Skinny Body Care. But Skinny Body Care was for a completely different reason because they hit the Facebook algorithm before the Facebook algorithm was negative. They hit it when it was positive. And I could go on and on. I'm not going to. It doesn't matter. It's the truth. And you can accept it and learn to work with it and pivot, or you can continue to bang your head against the wall. But you got to tell people the truth. Don't tell people you're going to show them how to do something, you know, uh, that you've never done. Uh, you, you know, being a brand partner and making extra income, is, it, it hadn't happened for you. Why do you think you can share it with somebody else and teach them how to do it? I mean, really, guys, speak the truth. So this leads me to my final point, and this is 
kind of hard for me to say as well, but personal development means nothing if it doesn't lead you to personal progress. Personal development means nothing if it doesn't lead you to personal progress. To thy own self be true. And this is kind of hard for me to say, but it's just true. You have heard me say that many times on this podcast, that action takers are the money makers, period, end of story. There's some real morons that have gotten wealthy simply because they took massive action. You all know them. I know them. Morons. Don't have a clue. But man, they're in the market every day talking to everybody they can. And honestly, these people have a gene in their DNA that my grandmother would have called lack of couth. I'm I'm not sure what couth means, but my grandmother, it's lack of self-awareness, lack of uh, uh, understanding what's acceptable, uh, what's socially acceptable, uh, which today nothing's socially acceptable. So my grandmother wouldn't understand any of what's happening today, I promise you. Nothing's socially acceptable today. But but y'all know. The listeners podcast regularly know what I'm saying. I mean, just no common sense when it comes to what most of us would consider to be common sense. And I've I've called them bull and china shop distributors over the years. Like I said, they're just out there every day talking to everybody. Uh, they run off at the mouth, but they have zero communication skills. They talk, talk, talk with zero communication skills because the ability to listen is how communication really starts. They have no interest in providing value to the customer. They are only interested in getting the order. And thankfully, these old school used car type salespeople are becoming extinct. They're like dinosaurs, but I've always respected just the rhino charging take action mentality. They just run through brick walls, and, and you got to have some of that, okay? But if you can combine that with uh, self-awareness, then you're unstoppable. If you, can, if you can combine that type of go run through walls, rhino charging mentality with proper training and self-awareness, you're unstoppable. And, you know, I can remember I first – encountered this mentality years ago when I entered the health insurance market. I was, what, 25 years old at the time. I was working in an agency with a bunch of 50-plus-year-old grizzly sales guys. And they would walk up to anybody anywhere and start pitching, not because they had went through extensive personal development and personal growth programming or sales training, because they had inside them what most people would consider a flaw in their DNA. I mean, literally, I think they were born that way, just a flaw in their DNA. Well, they just had no couth, as my grandmother would say. And the majority, you know, they never read Zig Ziglar's Secret of Closing the Sale or any other sales training or personal development book. They just went out and hunted their money every day. They were hunting their money daily. So, in that environment, how did I become Rookie of the Year in that situation? And it was because I didn't have that particular flaw in my DNA. I mean, my focus was on providing value to the end user. I knew I had the best product in the market. There was nothing that could compare to it. And I stayed in the field longer than anybody. I went through more numbers. I mean, 
most of the reps in the five-state area that was called the Great Lakes area, they would go into the market every week, and as soon as they made whatever their comfort zone was, their, they made their $500 this week or their $1,000 for the week, they would go home and watch TV the rest of the week, and then Saturday come and turn in their business. And and their whole thing was, when did you come home? I came home on Wednesday. I got, I got to come home on Tuesday. When did you come home? I came home on Thursday, and for me it was like, I haven't been home yet, man. I I spent the night in the hotel. I got up this morning and drove directly here to turn in my business. It's like I'm in the field as long as I can be. I stayed in the field every week and worked every lead. And when I hit my $1,000 in commissions for the week, which was my goal every week, I wanted to challenge myself and see if I could hit 1500 this week. And I had some weeks where I hit 1500 I had a couple of weeks where I hit over 2000 I had one week. At one week where I made $5,100, that was my weekly high back in the day. But again, my approach was different. And I disliked almost everything about that business. But I had to feed my family and I had to pay my bills. I mean, I hated making phone calls every Sunday evening to book my appointments for the week. But I made myself do it. I had to do it. You know, and if I had a great Tuesday and, and I sold, you know, by Tuesday, I sold because I would do Monday and Tuesday. And if, if Tuesday I was at a thousand dollars, you know, I really wanted to go home and spend the rest of the week with my family. I did, but I made myself stay in the field and shoot towards that fifteen hundred dollar go. I mean, I enjoyed meeting a lot of very interesting entrepreneurs, spirited people because our market was self employed people. But that was the only thing I enjoyed about the five years I spent in that niche. And as I've said in the past, liking it is not required. I mean, I was teaching myself to get excited about my ability to make myself do what needed to be done. That was my training ground for that, those five years in the health insurance business. Developing that muscle back in the early days has really served me well over the years. And and I want to encourage you to get excited about your ability to make yourself focus and then do what needs to be done to ignore all the drama and focus on income-producing activities. And, you know, as I said, said stated earlier, and, and on my team Zoom this week, the only three questions to ask yourself each week and if you don't like the answers, then make yourself do better the next week. And that is, how many businesses did you contact? How many decision makers saw the video? And how many boxes were ordered this week? So in your business, whatever it is, what are the most, the three most important questions you should be asking yourself? Today, there's no relationship between personal development and entrepreneurialism. Most entrepreneurs I know, most of them today, and I'm talking about real entrepreneurs, not the thousands of social club members that are really wannapreneurs, as Mark Cuban would call them, wannapreneurs. But I'm talking about real entrepreneurs. They are there because they have some kind of flaw in their DNA. Most entrepreneurs I know, not all of them, thankfully, or I couldn't function at all and couldn't talk to anybody. But most of the ones that I know and have met over the years, they're there because they have some kind of flaw in their DNA. And most have never spent 
much time at all in personal development or even sales training. They just take action with their ready, aim, ready, fire, now aim mentality. They have their eyes on the prize. They're out in the market every day to get their money. That's their focus. They Again, it's ready, aim, don't aim, ready, fire, ready, fire, ready, fire. Maybe I should aim. That's most entrepreneurs. That's most entrepreneurs in every niche. They have an extra amount of DNA somewhere. Most of it is focused on closing the deal, getting their money. That's what they think about. That's what they think about. The world's full of people that have studied entrepreneurism and sales from every possible angle, but have never consistently got on the field and played the game. They know every play. They know every script. But it does them no good because they're sitting in the stands. They're sitting in the stands. They're not getting on the field. They're not even getting to the dugout. I remember Zig talking about the person he met in his life that knew more about sales than anyone he had ever met. But he never sold one thing in his life. He was a barber. And some of you probably remember that story if you have a copy of Zig's audios, the See You at the Top of audios. He, he talks about that. So where are you really on your entrepreneurial journey? If it was just me and you sitting down and we're talking, I would ask you, if I ask you, where are you really on your entrepreneurial journey right now? What would you say? I mean, you're listening to this podcast. Do you take action on what you hear? Are you just a professional podcast listener who just gathers knowledge, waiting for the foo-foo dust or lightning to strike to get you moving and doing what you know you should be doing? You know, Zig also used to tell the story about the guy that kept bought a piece of land. He's going to build a house, and he keeps dragging all this building material to the land. He brings in the lumber and the two-by-fours and the bricks and the concrete and everything. And every day he's bringing all this stuff to the to the land, but he's never building anything. He said, you keep doing that, Some eventually they're going to come and take you away. You know, the bottom line is at some point you got to pick up the hammer and start working. you got to start nailing the nails. You can't just learn, 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 knowledge, knowledge, gathering, knowledge, gathering. Eventually, you got to take action. you got to get out of your comfort zone and expand it. Your comfort zone will expand if you take consistent action long enough. I'm proof of that. Many people listen to this podcast are proof of it. Anybody that is self-made is proof of it. So what are the three most important questions you should be asking yourself at the end of each week? Personal development means nothing if it doesn't lead to to personal progress. Is it time to start taking action on a good idea right now? Is it time to do that? If not, when is it going to be time for you? How much more information do you need to gather? I mean, really? Is it time to break away from your social club, pivot, and and go create wealth? If not now, when? I mean, really? I mean, I appreciate you allowing me to brain dump on this session. 
There are a lot of personal development students and those that study team building and business building that have not figured out how to muster up the courage and the confidence to make themselves do what needs to be done. And if that's you, I have been there. I have been there. I understand. And this podcast was for you. It really was. And the real question is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to make excuses? Are you going to make money? See, it's your self-talk that controls your actions or lack thereof. So you can make excuses or you can make money. Well, Dale, I'll go out and I talk to three people and all of them said, boo, what I do? Talk to three more. You just keep going through the numbers. And as you do, you refine your skill. You have to have enough confidence to take enough action, massive action, consistently enough, long enough to expand your comfort zone and refine your skills. That's the game. That's the game. You can't escape the game. If you want to win, you got to get on the field and play. It's just that simple. Make excuses or make money because you can't make both. Those that make money don't allow themselves to make excuses, and those that make excuses instead of taking action don't allow themselves to make money. To thy own self be true. I want to tell you about Tom Tarabasso real quick before I let you go. Uh, For those of you that tell yourself, well, I just don't have the time. Uh, this past week he was, uh, read something and we were talking, I can't remember, but he, he decided that he's going to call on a couple of businesses every day during his lunch break. He's a tradition, Tom's a traditional business owner, but right now he's in his busiest time of the season. But he also understands the unique, never, bore, never before seen opportunity that he has in front of him with this iHub media player. And he's in, he's in a great, huge market, you know, just prospects everywhere. And he's a large metropolitan city. And, you know, so he's made the decision, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take part of my lunch every, every day and call on a couple of businesses real quick. And he recently, said, he recently said in our private Facebook group, just for our team, he said, what exactly are we risking here? This is from Tom. It's free to do, so it's not money for sure. My risk is basic. What will people think when I talk to them over the phone or in person? That's the biggest fear everybody has. That's, that's the hurdle everybody has to conquer. And this is because Tom has couth, <laughs> awareness, and common sense. And thankfully, this is the majority of people. Most people do have couth, awareness, and common sense. They do. Most entrepreneur-spirited people do. Not everybody, and certainly not the real world. The real world's world is full of people that don't. But most people in the sales or entrepreneurial world business world they have cooth awareness and common sense and tom definitely does and thankfully this is the majority of people uh those with bull and china closet mentalities have never had the concern that tom has expressed here but the rest of us have and we've had to either work through it or not and some people have battled it for years and some people have been around hanging around like 
the lady that just joined Mel Luca for 14 years and never taken action and, and doesn't know why. But just continuing with Tom's post. He said, in 2015, this stopped me. That's when he first entered network marketing. This stopped me cold from prospecting warm market was what others thought. But I'm good to go in 2022, are you? I love that. But I'm good to go in 2022, are you? Are we ready to push through the awkward first stage of something to make it part of our comfort zone? I can see we're doing this will be easy and profitable in the near future. I'm really excited, more so than ever. And see, when you're providing real value to the market, you should be excited. You should feel obligated to share this, your product or service with whoever your market is. And it's so neat for me because I've watched Tom grow from someone who constantly needed to be encouraged to someone who has become the encourager. And I so appreciate him for that. Ladies and gentlemen, we all travel the same path. We do. But nothing happens until you can learn how to expand your comfort zone and make yourself do what you need to do. To thy own self, be true. This is Dale Calvert. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you allowing me to just get this out of my head. Uh, I hope this has been beneficial for you. I always appreciate your comments, questions, concerns, uh, always. Uh, Hopefully next week you'll hear from Burke Hedges and you won't have to listen to me again. Uh, But until next week, you guys have a great week. Make it. Make it. You know, you can't continue to do what you've always done the way you've always done it, expecting different results. And and maybe now this weekend or whenever you're hearing this, whenever you do hear this, that you'll take the time to really, really say, you know what? For 30 days, I'm going to make myself do what I need to do for 30 days, for however long, and just go for it. Go for it. Find somebody that you can run with, that you can be accountable to. Find an accountability partner. Do whatever you got to do to make it work for you. This is for about you. You know, the only way I can go out in public is to remind myself that some people are having a bad day today. See, I've I've learned how to trick my mind, how to how to tell my mind the right things that will allow me to function at the highest level that I can on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. That's kind of it. That's kind of the secret. And the biggest thing that you're going to have to do in any type of entrepreneurial endeavors get past what somebody else is thinking. Go in the marketplace and help some people. Go in the marketplace, help some people, and most importantly. Don't get caught up in the hype and the telling people things that are not true. You know, go in the marketplace, provide value, and to their own self, be true. This is Dale Calvert. Thank you, guys. Have an awesome week. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. 
Work harder on yourself than you do on your business. And we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.